Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. In a few days, WERU's Fall Fun Drive will be taking place. Coincidentally, I just came across the following episode of the Electronic Cottage from back in June of 2005, an episode that reflected on the passing of beloved WERU volunteer Charlie Oldham and on the nature of the WERU electronic neighborhood community. These reflections are still the way that many of us feel about our WERU community and how everyone who's part of that community enriches it in whatever way each of us can. Hope you enjoy this 17-year-old episode and perhaps find that it resonates still with you as it does with me. Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Let's begin today with a truth in advertising disclaimer. This edition of the Electronic Cottage has turned out to be somewhat philosophical in nature. A commentary, really, though it actually didn't start out that way. So, if you're tuning in for information about the newest antivirus software, or how to tell if your new DVD player is dual-level or double-level format, or how the federal government is electronically easing its way into your car and your bedroom, tune in for future editions. This one has none of that kind of information. Instead, it's mostly a series of ruminations about radio and community and technology and our lives as human beings. The ruminations all began, of course, with the passing of Charlie Oldham to a new frequency that can't be picked up very well on our terrestrial radios. His passing left a large, painful hole in our community that simply isn't likely to be filled. To call him a DJ or even a program host falls far short of the experienced truth. The closest word that comes to mind is impresario, a person who brings together all of the disparate elements needed to create a new artistic experience for the audience. But then audience isn't quite the right word either. The right word is really community, I think and not just community in the sense of neighbor. Pardon the etymology, but the word neighbor actually comes from the old German and means nearby. One of the amazing things about radio is that it creates an electronic neighborhood. Whether people are physically nearby or not, they can still be neighbors, part of the same community living under a station signal area. I remember once talking to a couple who were at a WERU dance many years ago. They'd driven three hours one way to get there, and there wasn't even a live band that night. I asked them why they'd gone to all that trouble, and they said that the trip was really worth it to them because they knew when they arrived, they would be with their community. Charlie's life really highlighted that sense of community. There were, of course, the people who knew him personally from his work at the Island Institute, or from meeting him on the street or in the stores in Rockland or Camden or Lincolnville or Belfast, or even here at the station in East Orland. But many of the 500 or so people who showed up for a benefit concert to lend a financial hand for his liver transplant only knew his voice, his cadence, his over-the-top but somehow always tasteful patter, his encyclopedic knowledge of the music he loved to put in context and then share with anyone who wished to be part of the electronic neighborhood, 
and his energetic and optimistic on-air persona who lifted so many spirits on so many Saturday afternoons. Community is a term that gets mercilessly slopped around the media these days, and everyone and her brother wants to define it in their own way. Ralph Waldo Emerson once observed that the meaning of all words was settled a thousand years ago. In the case of community, no one knows exactly what that meaning was or where exactly the word came from. Some dictionaries say that it came from roots that mean held in common. My naive folk etymology thought it probably came from the Latin, cum munio, to build bridges with. The possible source of the word community that I like the most is from terms that meant to be in service with. So that's the etymology and the current definition that I prefer to keep in mind. As Ken Kesey said at the beginning of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, maybe it didn't happen, but it's true anyway. WERU's mission statement seems to me to reflect that sense of community. In case you don't happen to have the mission statement posted on your fridge at the moment, let me read one section. Quote, To be a voice of many voices, offering a wide variety of people an opportunity to share their experiences, concerns, and perspectives with their neighbors over the WERU airwaves. End quote. When we remember Charlie Oldham or John Babcock, or even when we think of volunteers who are still with us physically, we probably need to add a bit to that description. Charlie not only shared his experiences and perspectives, he shared his incredible knowledge of what he liked to call party music and his incredible personal record collection as well. His fellow volunteers carry on doing the same. How many times have we heard someone say on the air, We just had a request for such and such song, and we don't have that here at the station, but I'll bring it in from home next week. Despite the station's extensive record library, we certainly don't have every record ever made, and it's not unusual to see a program host, Charlie included, arrive at the station with a carton, or several cartons, of CDs or old vinyl records. And all of us are richer for it. And it's not just the program hosts who jump right in and share knowledge and even material goods. Back in the early days of Morning Maine, we once played Wooly Bully and then wondered aloud where Sam the Sham might be these days. Within 60 seconds, the phone began to ring, and a listener informed us that Sam the Sham was currently a tugboat captain in the Gulf of Mexico. Within five minutes, everybody listening to WERU that day knew it. One morning I mentioned aloud that it would have been great to have a copy of a Kinky Friedman album to follow a particular song that had just been played, but the station didn't have the album, alas. Within three days, three separate copies arrived at the station from three separate listeners, and one of the listeners had actually been there when the album was recorded. Bet you didn't know that Waylon Jennings' daughter was one of the original Kinkettes on that album. I didn't either until then. But shortly, everyone listening that day got that information. So to me, WERU doesn't really have an audience in the usual meaning of that term. It has some community members who are on the air at any given time, and a lot of community members who aren't on the air on a regular basis, but who jump right in with requests or information or corrections to what was just said or expertise or loans of obscure records or support whether dollars or energy, whenever it's needed. In a very real way, as the WERU community, 
we're all in service together. And we notice that particularly when one of us passes on, especially when it's one as original and irreplaceable as Charlie Oldham. But we also notice that he helped to bring so many of us together into an electronic neighborhood, a community. And just as we laughed and often caught our breath, as he regaled us with a kind of bombastic narration not heard since the days of the great DJs of the early rock era, but backed by ever so much more knowledge and expertise, just as he brought us together by lifting our spirits week after week, so now his passing gives us a chance, as we weep, to notice that we care so deeply precisely because we are a community created under the WERU signal, and that one of the best things we can do to honor his memory is to carry on building the community that he contributed so much to. Each of us will, I'm sure, do that in whatever way is available to us. And we will certainly do our best to carry on right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. (laughs) ¶¶ 